everyone, welcome back to another episode of Here for the Crack with me, Emma Neal. I hope you're all doing well. It is Thursday, the sun is shining, and I'm just in a good mood. I'm in such a good mood when I wake up and the sun is shining. Imagine having that every day, although maybe you just get used to it, and then it wouldn't really hit the same. I'm actually flying home today, and I'm so excited about it. I'm flying home for the Easter holidays. I think I'm going for just under two weeks. I actually, like I could have gone this time last week, but I thought I'll stay in Leeds a little bit longer before it's actually Easter, like before it's actually Easter weekend. And it just gives me a little bit of time to do some uni work that I probably wouldn't do if I was at home, let's be honest. But did I get it done? (laughs) No, you know me, procrastinating and finding a hundred other things to do before actually doing the thing that I need to do so yeah I mean you know what I've made progress it's fine I'm not worried about it I'm gonna smash it out not I'm gonna take this whole weekend off and then I'm gonna smash it out next week I'm gonna just plot myself not even the whole of next week you know maybe just Monday to Wednesday everyone needs a break from time to time and this is my Easter break as much as it is everyone else's but yeah, I low-key promised myself I would have like a first draft of my dissertation done before I was actually stepping foot in Belfast again, just so that that was like, you know, a weight lifted off my shoulder. And mm, your girl hasn't done that. I've got 1,500 words left to write before I can call it a first draft, which I can do in a day, surely. Like that's my introduction and conclusion. Apparently they're supposed to be a good bit longer than that though, but I don't have the word count left for them to be longer than that. And also who on God's earth can write a 200 word conclusion? Not, or sorry, a 2000 word conclusion? Not me, I'll tell you that. So that's where we're at in terms of uni, but I don't really want to think about that right now. I'm too excited about this weekend to be perfectly honest with you. Like I'm actually so, so excited to go home. I've got so many nice things planned. I'm going out for dinner to my favourite restaurant. I'm going to my favourite yoga class. I have organised the cutest thing ever. I've organised a little cold water swim meetup slash book club at Helen's Bay. By the time you're listening to this, this will have already happened, but hopefully you'll have seen it on my Instagram story if you're able to make it, please come. I'm going to make this a monthly thing where we all go cold water swimming together and then we come out and it'll probably just be, actually, we'll be talking about the book before when we're not freezing our tits off. Yeah, maybe that's a better idea. I don't know. Haven't really decided the logistics of it. I'm going to announce the first book for the book club this on Friday here when we're doing the cold water swim. And I'm going to put it on my Instagram as well. So if anyone's listening to this and you don't live in Belfast or you can't come to the swim for whatever reason, but you still would like to join a little book club, I will announce what book we're doing for the first month on my Instagram story. Unfortunately, if you are just joining in like online for the book club, it's not going to be very interactive online just because it is like an in-person thing. But I do think it's a good way just, you know, if you want a bit of motivation to read And also if you want some new ideas of different books to read, I think it's a good way to do it. Fortunately, the weather looks absolutely stunning for tomorrow when we're doing it, which is actually why I decided to do it tomorrow. Not a huge amount of people can come. I feel like I organised it very last minute. And also it's the first weekend of the bank holiday. So, you know, people have plans. People will be out the night before. People will be going away for the weekend. I don't know. But I think it's quite nice that it's not too big of a group to start with because it'll be not too intimidating 
Although, not that it's intimidating. We're literally all going for a swim and being wholesome as fuck. I need to think of some good... Okay, so, right. <laughs> My worst nightmare is when you go to something and you have to do that whole, tell, say your name, where you're from, one interesting fact about you or any of that bullshit. I literally hate that stuff. It gives me so much anxiety even thinking about it. <laughs> but I really want to think of ways of like breaking the ice and also just getting people to interact because at the end of the day this type of thing is so good for making new friends and just like meeting people outside of your normal social circle because it's so hard to make new friends I think when you're in your 20s and once you've left school and uni and stuff but then at the same time when you go to these things you maybe are a little bit nervous you don't know how to spark up a conversation where to start I don't know I just feel like I need to think of some things that'll be like good ways of just getting people to interact nothing intimidating like what I just said like I don't want to do the whole one interesting fact about yourself type of thing but if any of you have any suggestions maybe something you've been at once where you've experienced like a good way that people encourage you to do this or if you can just think of something off the top of your head right now please let me know it would be very much appreciated and yeah if you didn't manage to make it to this first one definitely keep an eye out and try and come to the second you don't have to come to every single one of them and you also don't have to read the book if you don't want to be involved in that part of it that'll be such a brief like you know couple of minutes before or after you really don't need to be a part of the book club part of it if you don't want to likewise you don't need to come in for a swim if you really don't want to but I mean it's all part of the fun so yeah really excited for that I'm going did I already say I'm going out to my favorite restaurant for dinner I think I did yeah I think I already said that in yoga and I'm also supposed to be doing a little trek in the Mourn Mountains which I'm I've been saying about doing for ages and like bringing a little picnic and stuff and then maybe getting like a pint and some hot chips in Newcastle after my only thing with this is that I'm actually meant to be getting my period really soon and I'm so scared it's going to get in the way of this because there's not a chance in hell you will catch me doing a six-hour trek on day one of my period so you know period permitting (laughs) and weather permitting I'm gonna do a trek in the Mourn Mountains I've basically been kind of slowly moving out of my room in Leeds because originally I was thinking I'm gonna have to get a van like an actual man in a van to get on the boat with all my stuff and bring it back to Belfast I really had to have words with myself the more I was thinking about it the more I was like that is so so extra and so unnecessary to bring home stuff from a uni room like do you actually need all that stuff no so (laughs) I've been basically the last time I went home I took one big suitcase with me um and then this time I'm going home I'm taking another big suitcase with me and then it just kind of means when I'm actually moving out at mid-May kind of time then it just makes my life a lot easier I've already got two big suitcases of stuff home and it probably won't be I yeah I really don't have a huge amount of stuff left in this room I'm not gonna lie every morning I have to pick an outfit I'm like not again (laughs) please lord not again the options are just extremely limited thanks to me bringing home a lot of my clothes and they're going to be even more limited now after I bring this suitcase home which is fantastic although it's literally for the sake of what like I don't know three 
maybe max four weeks when I come back after Easter. I can suck it up for four weeks, wear the same outfit a few times a week. (laughs) Also, I think in my head I was literally going to bring everything, like even my plants. And the more I think about it, the more I'm like, that is so stupid. Like, come on, you're not shipping plants across from England to Belfast. (laughs) Just give them to someone. The girls are actually staying, well, not all of them, two of the girls in my flat are keeping this flat and getting like two new housemates, so it doesn't need to be as thorough of a clean, not, sorry, it needs to be as thorough of a clean, that's not the right word. I don't need to literally have it as like an empty box when I leave because I can give them my prints, I can give them my plants, I can let them keep like my bowls and cutlery and anything else like that it's not there's not so much pressure to have it as literally like an empty shell with not even like hangers on the door type of thing which is good because when you have to do that you know what it's like if you've ever made before it's fucking stressful and having to do all that and then having everything in boxes but then oh my god why can I not speak (laughs) having everything in boxes but then also like having to clean everything meticulously so that you don't get done for you don't get charged for like professional cleaners it's oh my god it takes so long I was shook at how long that took me to properly clean everything last year and it made me realize why people actually just get professional cleaners in although I would feel weird doing that because I know it's something I'm capable of doing whereas I feel like some people genuinely aren't capable of doing that like last year for example I had to do a list for everyone in my house of like everything they needed to do like within their own room within their bathroom even to like the windows the oven like I had to give full instructions of like everything that needed done I don't know that everyone would like think of all those little things if you know what I mean in fact I know that everyone doesn't think of all those little things because they wouldn't have thought of half of those things that were on the list and when it actually came to it I don't even know if they did half those things that were on the list Oh my god, I'm making myself sound like an actual psycho right now, aren't I? <laughs> but you gotta get that deposit back. Do I have any updates for you since I last spoke to you last week? Oh yes, I went to Liverpool right after I spoke to you guys. Had such a nice time in Liverpool, it's such a great city, isn't it? We went out for some really, really good food actually while I was there. Like I was really impressed with the restaurants that we went to. The one on the first night was a place called Moretti on Bold Street. I just love Bold Street. I think I would like any of the restaurants on Bold Street. I think it's so cute. I know they've got a Bundabust on Bold Street as well. And there's a Bundabust in Leeds. And Bundabust slaps. Anyway, the place we went to, Moray, it was like a little, how would you describe it? Kind of Mediterranean sharing plates type of thing. Like everything on the menu was just small plates that you just order for the middle. And they kind of recommend two to four small plates per person, depending on how hungry you are. They had lots of good vegan options as well. And you know what? See, when I was reading the vegan options, I don't know if it's just me, right? If any other vegans listening to this can relate to this or even vegetarians. But you ever get when you go to a restaurant and the vegan options are very just like vegetables? And that sounds stupid because obviously a lot of the stuff we eat is just vegetables. But like, you know, I was reading the vegan options for this place, Moray, and For example, one of them was like a thing called disco cauliflower and another one was something carrots and parsnips. And I was just like, oh, am I just going to be eating a load of roasted veg here? Like, what's the crack? Obviously, I didn't express that because 
I didn't want to be Debbie Joyner of the night and it seemed like a nice restaurant and everything and the meat options seemed good and I just didn't want to be fussy. I was like, yeah, sounds good. So anyway, we order everything. I think we got like, you know, half meat, half vegan stuff because obviously they would be able to eat the vegan things too. When I tell you, I was so impressed at these vegetables. (laughs) Like I didn't know anyone could make vegetables look or taste this incredible. Good chefs really know how to do vegetables very well. Like the see, I need someone in that restaurant to teach me the ways they season their things or their vegetables. The way the cauliflower was done, I'm not even joking you. Like the rest of them that all eat meat were talking about the cauliflower like the next day. It was that good. And actually anyone we bumped into in Liverpool that weekend that we told that we went to Murray or that we were going to Murray. They all were like, oh my God, have you tried the disco? Did you get the disco cauliflower or make sure you get the disco cauliflower? And this is all coming from meat eaters and they're all saying, get the disco cauliflower. That just shows you how good these chefs are with making vegetables taste insane. And it was just lots of nice dippy kind of stuff, you know, warm flatbreads with hummus. And then there was all like the goat's cheese dips and the, I don't even know. It was just good shit. And then the next day we went to this place called Buyer's Club that does like Italian food and has a really nice outdoor courtyard and stuff. We actually wanted to sit outside because the sun was shining on the Sunday, but unfortunately the way the courtyard was situated, the building was shading the whole courtyard, which was such a shame. So we ended up sitting inside and then just kind of like sitting outside after. But oh my God, the food there. So I couldn't decide between, they had like a truffle oil butter bean stew thing. And then they had like a spicy aubergine pasta. They had some other vegan options as well, but these were the two I was deciding between and I was really, I couldn't decide. And I was like, no, come to me last when the waitress came and everything because I literally was like, oh, how can I decide between these two things? And then I was like, do you know what? I'm just going to ask her, can she just do a starter portion of the pasta and I'll get the butterbean thing as well? And then you get the best of both worlds. So that she was able to do that and I got both things. Oh my God, incredible again. Okay, I'm not going to make this whole podcast about food. We're going to move on, but (laughs) anything ever that has truffle oil on the menu, like doesn't matter where I am, what type of cuisine, it just doesn't matter what it is. If there's something on the menu with truffle oil, you can bet I'll be getting it. It's actually an obsession. Like it's so good. Has anyone ever tried those truffle oil crisps? Oh, they're so nice. And you can actually get ones because I know the ones everyone kind of, knows of you get them in like I don't know Waitrose and Whole Foods and stuff like places we don't really have in Ireland but you can get truffle oil crisps in Marks and Spencers just a heads up for my Irish girlies next time you're in Marks and Spencers try the truffle crisps they're insane weirdly though as much as I'm obsessed with getting truffle oil things in restaurants I've never bought truffle oil myself to cook with why have I not done that okay I think I'm going to buy truffle oil the second I get home. Where can I get that? Is that a stupid question? Maybe you can just get it in most supermarkets. I don't feel like it's something you'd find in Little. I'll find it and I'll tell you where I find it. (laughs) Right, my recommendation for this week is kind of random, but it's something I did this morning and I feel like it's such a nice way to start your day. Okay, so I woke up and I decided I don't have it in me to go to the gym right now. I'm not really buzzed about the workout thing I'm following in the gym at the minute I think I need to switch it up because 
for the first time in a long time, I'm finding myself like just not looking forward to going to the gym, which isn't like me. Basically, I switched to this other shreddy plan and it's kind of one that's like revolved around cardio and circuits and stuff, which I don't mind doing once or twice a week in the gym, but I don't want to be going to the gym four times a week to do that. And that's what it is. It's four times a week doing circuit training. And I just find myself being like, no, I don't have that in me today. (laughs) Even though the whole point of it is supposed to be to keep you motivated because the workouts are supposed to be only like 30 to 40 minutes long. I'm still just, yeah, I'm still just making excuses for it. So I think I'm going to switch back to, well, not switch back, switch over to a new uh, weight program one that is, yeah, I don't know. I kind of miss the feeling of like that feeling you get after a heavy weight session where you know you've trained hard. Do you know what I mean? I really miss that feeling. I miss that feeling of being sore. Now, not sore to the point where it's debilitating because I don't like that. I don't like your workouts causing you so much pain the next day where you can't do anything else and you can't do your yoga or you can't go to the gym if you want to again. But I do miss that feeling of the soreness where you know you've done a good workout. So yeah, anyway, long story short. Wait, why did I get on to that? Oh, I was telling you my recommendation of the week of what I did this morning. You see, yeah, this morning I woke up, decided... I don't have an image at the gym, but I also I feel like I need to get up and get out and do something before I kind of start my day and get a shower and sit down and record my podcasts and stuff. I feel like I need to get my head showered and just kind of have that moment to myself. Because I feel like if you start your day off by just going straight into your work and straight onto your phone and not really giving yourself that space and like breathing time... I don't know I just find my day can be can feel really hectic or something even though it's the same but just without that little thing at the start and I also feel like I'm then way more prone to like let things affect my mood and let things affect my day and let things get on top of me and stuff so I decided to get up and go for a nice little walk I think it was only like 20 minutes or so probably even less than that actually and not let myself look at my phone screen the whole time I mean, bonus points if you don't bring your phone at all, but also I feel like most people probably need to for safety. And I actually did have a podcast and you can do this without a podcast if you prefer to give yourself that quiet time. But I was in the mood for a little podcast. So I was listening to a podcast, but at the same time, I was really consciously visualizing my day and like visualizing it going well, visualizing getting everything I wanted to do done, visualizing being in a good mood visualizing just really just visualizing my ideal day and how it was going to go for me and kind of like manifesting that in a way so I kind of did that for the first 10 minutes and then for the next 10 minutes I literally spent the whole time just like expressing gratitude for like literally everything around me everything no matter how tiny it was for the blue sky for the sun for the fact that my legs were able to walk me for my trainers I was wearing for the clothes I had on my body to keep me warm for the flowers that I passed that brought color to the street for the birds chirping for the squirrel that I saw scurry above me in the tree that was really cute and had a really fluffy tail and stopped when I said hello (laughs) just like literally being grateful for absolutely everything and just like letting it fill me up and I just felt so good and I was like oh my god that was the nicest way to start my day I feel so ready to start it on a good note now so we're gonna call that 
a visualization and gratitude morning walk. Actually, let's scrap morning because you can kind of do it at any time of the day. We're going to call it our visualization gratitude walk. And I highly recommend you all get on board. It can be a 10 minute walk around the block. Do five minutes of visualizing, five minutes of gratitude. See how it affects you. See how it affects your day and your mood. My words of the week are, you're not meant to live like the others. You're meant to live as yourself. Pit and peak of the week of this week, guys. Okay, peak was doing the radio show with my friend in Liverpool. He has a really, I think he does. So he does one radio show a week on a Wednesday morning for a radio station called Melodic Distraction in Liverpool. It's like a little indie radio station. And then he also has a slot at the on the last Sunday of every month. And basically he's turn he's turning the last Sunday sorry. <laughs> I need to word this right. The one that he has on the last Sunday of every month, he's making it a little what well, how would you say? Like series called Foot in the Door, where he's talking to different not even creatives actually he's talking to just people in different fields and talking to them about how they got to where they are and that kind of thing but also it's obviously a radio show so then you're also playing music so I got to like pick the music for it and introduce each song uh and while he was also kind of interviewing me but it wasn't really like an interview interview obviously because it's a friend it was kind of just more like a a little chat and it was really fun it was just really cool to see like the ins and outs of how everything works and what goes on at a radio station I would love to learn more about it. It was all so fascinating. We weren't doing it live because we couldn't actually get a date that worked for both of us to do it live. So we were doing a pre-recorded one that will go live sometime, I don't know, in a month or two. But I'll let you guys know when it is going live. Although I don't know how happy I am with like, it. no, sorry, it went really well. I don't want to talk badly of myself in that way. It did go really well, but I just feel like it's so different to a podcast like I can stop and start this whenever I want add in little bits if I forget to mention something or rephrase something if I feel I didn't phrase it in the right way and you obviously just don't have that opportunity with radio which is part of the beauty of it but also makes me freak out a little bit (laughs) I don't know I think when maybe you're a little bit nervous as well as you know the way when you're nervous you can kind of end up repeating yourself a little bit I feel like I did that a lot and I've also just kind of came out of it thinking of a million things I could have said for like different things. I also just feel like I really failed to mention about anything to do with privileges that have got me to where I am, uh, which kind of sucks of me. But I mean, you win some, you lose some. Do you know what I mean? It was still good. And I've learned for next time what I need to improve on and what I need to definitely say. My pit of this week, it's not really a specific moment. It's kind of just a recurring thing throughout this week and that is my sleep routine slash going on my phone too much. I've really, really struggled to get my sleep routine back since I've got back from Liverpool. I've been going on my phone so much at night, like literally not able to put it down until one o'clock and then as a result, like I'm not sleeping that well and I'm waking up later than I would like to and I'm feeling groggy and I'm feeling shit and it's just not a nice way to wake up and I need to prioritise my sleep again and I'm 100% gonna get on top my my plan is to fly after I fly home today I'm gonna go to yoga tonight and I'm gonna come straight home and go to sleep and then I'm getting up early to meet you guys for the cold water swim in the morning hopefully that'll kind of like kickstart everything 
back into place because I need something like that to just give me the motivation to go to sleep really early because at the minute I don't necessarily have like I don't have classes and stuff on at the minute they're all stopped for Easter so I don't have things I need to be getting up for and I think that's maybe what is not giving me the motivation then to put my phone down at night I don't know but it's been fucking me up anyway (laughs) okay so for this week's podcast topic I'm actually going to be talking to you a little bit about Phil Stutz's tools as he calls them so I would say probably what two months ago I did an episode talking to you guys about Stutz the Netflix documentary which Jonah Hill made about his therapist Phil Stutz. Phil Stutz is a very famous therapist who I think he's kind of dealt with a lot of celebrities and stuff but anyway he was kind of the first person that so he he kind of trained to be a therapist and then he didn't really like what it was doing and where it was going like he didn't feel like he was making a difference on his patients lives he felt like they were coming to him and he was kind of trying to do the whole traditional thing of analyzing like their childhood and why they behave in certain ways and they were getting to the bottom of these things but then it was like okay what now like what can I do moving forward yeah I understand I'm like this because of this but like what can I do now to improve that and because he felt like this or well his patients felt like this and he was frustrated that he wasn't able to give them anything he decided to try and develop some tools to help his patients so he kind of did this as like a trial and error thing and over time developed these tools until he had like a blueprint essentially of what worked with all of his patients and the exact kind of steps you needed to take in order to use these things yourself. He really interested me in that documentary and the episode that I did after I watched that because I kind of took notes on my phone while I watched the episode or while I watched the documentary sorry then did the episode where I mostly just talked about how he referred often to this pyramid that you kind of I can't even 100% remember not (laughs) he was linking like your mental health to this pyramid of importance and one was your relationship with your body your physical body one was your relationship with others and one was your relationship with your mind slash your brain that's what that whole episode was on I was actually intending on talking more about the tools and stuff that he described but I ended up literally only talking about those three pillars or that pyramid as he calls it and then I went away and I decided to read his book I downloaded it on my kindle it was only 99p in case anyone else wants to read it and I thought I'll read more into these tools that he talks about and then I'll do a whole episode on that because you know not everyone wants to read the books and (laughs) sometimes a lot of these kind of self-help books I guess you could call them what what would be another word for them I feel like the term self-help books can often have not negative connotations but like people turn their nose up at them a little bit and they think they're a bit woo-woo I guess you could say it's a little bit of a psychology theory book I don't really know anyway I feel like books like that in general they can be quite repetitive because a lot of the time what they're doing is they're telling you the point they're giving you multiple stories of the point they're reinforcing the point over and over again and then they move on to the next thing so it's like you can kind of grasp it without reading the whole thing so maybe you'll be able to grasp it from this podcast or maybe you'll listen to this podcast and you'll want to learn more and go away and watch the documentary and read the book I think he's actually developed a load of tools I'm not really sure how many but the ones I'm going to be talking about were the ones covered in the book which is kind of four main ones and then like a fifth additional one I guess you could say I don't really know if it's counted as a separate tool in itself 
Actually, yeah, yeah, I think it is. Okay, so tool number one is what Stutz refers to as the reversal of desire. We basically, as human beings, love the comfort zone. Obviously, we find a lot of comfort in it. It brings us like immediate gratification in a lot of senses. It doesn't really involve, you know, any kind of pain or, well, I guess discomfort, funnily enough. We avoid confrontation. We avoid pain. We avoid giving up addictive behaviors. We avoid things that maybe short term give us pleasure, but like long term aren't really good for us, whether that be for our health, for like physical health, for our mental health, for our connections with people, for our relationships, whatever it is, I feel like this is applicable to literally kind of every aspect of your life. And what Stutz says is that the comfort zone is supposed to keep your life safe, but what it really does is keep your life small because there are endless opportunities and endless things you can do in your life. But ultimately, all of those possibilities, not every single one of them, but a lot of those possibilities that require you to push yourself out of your comfort zone, they will all come with different levels of pain. And not traditional pain like we think of it, not a pain in your foot or a sore head, although maybe that too, but more like they'll come with pain in some sense in your life, whether that is in your own head whether it's a result of having to sacrifice other things to go for these possibilities. Usually nine times out of 10, something that requires you to step out of your comfort zone is scary because like, you know that's daunting and you know that's scary. And why is that? Because it requires going through some sort of pain. But we can't live life like in fear of pain because it's, it's well, it is an inevitable of life. You can't soar through your whole life without ever facing any adversity or any pain. It's never going to happen. And the more you shy away from it and try and stay clear of it, the harder it's going to be to move through the pain when it does come and the smaller it's going to keep your life because you're going to just try and stay in your comfort zone, try and avoid any confrontation, any adversity, any pain in your life. You're going to keep your life small when pain does come into your comfort zone because it does come even when you stay in your comfort zone. You know, even people that literally completely stay in their comfort zone their whole life will still encounter pain they'll still encounter loss they'll still encounter issues with their health they'll still encounter issues with family and issues with friends they'll still encounter heartbreak like they'll still encounter all of these things but you're less willing to move through the pain I guess and to like push yourself to come to the other side and to push yourself out of your comfort zone if you're scared of it I did actually mention this in the previous podcast where I spoke about Stutz and his tools before and I mentioned how I felt weird talking about this one or relating to this one because as much as yes I've obviously gone through pain in my life as has everyone like heartbreak and mental health challenges and you know the things that everyone goes through I've been through them but I feel like I haven't I'm in a very privileged position to say currently I don't feel like I've been through any like crazy monumental painful moments where I can say I use that adversity to my advantage and as a result I don't feel like I can sit here and talk about this that much if that makes sense because I don't know what I would do if that situation came for me. I don't know what I would do if I lost a close family member. In fact I don't see myself being that strong in that situation 
So I have a sense of guilt when it comes to, well, I not even I just don't feel like I can fully say these things when you know I haven't been in that position and I haven't experienced severe pain that I can now look back on and be like yeah that made me who I am today that made me stronger that made me a better person that made me more connected to the people around me whatever it was like yeah I can look at all the other things that have happened to me and caused me pain and say all those things and how they benefited me but I feel like that's easier to say when those things aren't so I don't want to say insane because that's not the word but they're not as significant I guess you could say sorry and that's not to belittle any like problems that we that you or me or anyone deals with in their everyday life or with their mental health or with their relationships I don't want to belittle that at all but I'm just trying to say where I stand on this because as I said it's just not something I've gone through and as a result I don't feel like I can speak on it but Stutz does say that basically adversity in your life will never ever stop that it's like an inevitable of life and the quicker you come to accept that and the quicker that you're able to look at adversity in the eyes and basically say bring it on and move through it and get to the other side the stronger and more courageous you will be as a person and that is essentially how life how the world how if you believe in god or if you believe in a higher force if you're spiritual that is how the source or how God makes you a stronger person is by throwing adversity at you because it's the only thing that can can make you continue to move forward. If you've no adversity in life and you just sit in the comfort zone the whole time, there's nothing to push you out of that. There's nothing you have to work through. How are you ever going to like develop as a person? I think is what Stutz is kind of like trying to get at. I'm going to read you one or two sentences here from this chapter of the book about the reversal of desire because I thought this was really interesting because a lot of the time we're so focused on our goals, whether that be in business, with our romantic partners, with our friendships, with buying a house, all these things we have, these goals in our head or maybe even written down. But actually what maybe the universe has in store for us or what the what goals the universe has for us is like completely different to the goals that we have and the two can coexist you can have the goals for yourself on a more not superficial level because not that any of those things are superficial but you can have those outward goals I guess but the world always wants you to also have these inward goals and you can have both at the same time wait let me just read this sentence to you and this will make sense because I feel like I'm not really making sense (laughs) Okay, so there's a fundamental difference between the goals we have for ourselves and the goals the universe has for us. In general, humans want to succeed in the outer world, build a successful business, say, or find a life partner. In contrast, the universe doesn't care about our external success. Its goal is to develop our inner strength. We care about what we achieve on the outside. The universe is interested in who we are on the inside. By the way, in the book, he does obviously delve into then how you go about doing these things, but... I'm not going to talk about that because I feel like I'll be here for two hours if I do that. We're already nearly 40 minutes in. So yeah, if you want to find those things out, maybe just look them up on Google or also read the book. And actually, he does really cute little like stick men drawing that kind of breaks down the tools and he calls them like the forces that you activate to then use the tools. I feel like the little stick men drawing are actually really useful. 
All right, tool number two is something Stutz calls active love. Do you ever find yourself getting really wound up over something or someone to the point that you really let it consume you? You go to sleep thinking about it, you wake up thinking about it, you let it ruin your day, you dread the next time you're going to see them or you're going to encounter this thing. Actually, maybe it is just people he's referring to to with this tool. Yeah, I think it is. Okay, you know when you just get really, really wound up by someone and you really big up in your head how it's going to be when you do speak to them or when you do have to see them? That's what is called getting trapped in the maze. So you're trapped in this negative thought pattern, in this cycle that you cannot get out of to the point that it is literally taking over your brain and taking over your day. That is being stuck in the maze. And the reason why we get stuck in this maze is because often we can hold on to this like childish assumption that life should be fair. And that if you're good and you're nice to this person and you're nice to other people, then why should other people behave in a way that's not the same back to you? Like surely if you do good in the world, the world will be good to you. But if you hang on to this idea that life should treat you fairly, then when someone does not treat you fairly or is a bit of a dick to you, fucks you over, maybe just talks down on you when you're in their company, you can't let go of it and you start to think, I hope karma gets them and you envision bad things happening to them because life should be fair and this is what should happen to them because they've been a dickhead to you. You hold on to this notion that they deserve to have bad things happen to them because they're a bad person. Or maybe you fantasize about how you're going to get revenge, even though you'll never actually follow through with it. You're just stuck in the maze. So the active love tool is a tool that gets you out of thinking in this maze and it lets you kind of accept other people for who they are and not get, not let them wind you up basically in the way that they do. Active love is basically having like unconditional love for everyone in your life even if they're really annoying you even if they have maybe been a bit of a dickhead to you in the last couple months even if they might have done something that really fucked you over but you're still going to practice unconditional love for them or well active love in this case because a lot of the love we do give in our lives is kind of reactive like when someone buys you a birthday present or when your partner looks really good and you show them loads of love because you think they look really sexy. <laughs> um, yeah, a lot of the love we show is reactive in that way. And not to say that's a bad way of showing love. Like, I guess any way of showing love is a good way. But what does that mean when that person isn't looking particularly good? Or forgets to buy you a birthday present? Or doesn't meet you when they're supposed to meet you do you know what I mean like if you have a love that's purely based on reacting to when people do good for you what about all the times that they don't when they're still when like people in your life are still worthy of that love so when someone's annoying you when someone's been a dick when someone's got you stuck in the maze you want to send them all the love in your chest envision them in your head and literally send or imagine like a beam of light 
coming out from your heart and extending to them and filling all of your love into them like filling them fully up from toe to head from head to toe (laughs) with your love but it doesn't drain you of any your of your love you still feel full of love it doesn't like drain you it doesn't make you feel less full it's like there's this infinite amount of love to give to everyone and everyone deserves it and then you can just let go of any grudges you were holding and you can free yourself of the maze it allows you to stop fixating on things you can accept people as they are despite their flaws and I think ultimately it just gives you a lot of mental clarity like think of all that time you maybe would have spent ruminating is that a word ruminating yeah we'll go with it ruminating over this person that actually probably wasn't thinking twice about you do you know what I mean? You're just freeing up all that time and all that brain space. And it was giving you negative energy. It was bringing you down for no reason. And now you freed yourself from it. That is still number two. <laughs> Active love. Okay, number three. Tool number three is called inner authority. This tool is all to do with insecurities. Because every single person on this planet, even the people you put on a pedestal and you worship and the people whose lives you think are perfect and the people who you think have it all together, let's say celebrities that you absolutely love or I don't know, just people you really look up to, even they have insecurities. Even the person that is maybe deemed the most beautiful, smart and charismatic. Let's say we find a person that has all three of these things. Even they have insecurities. Stutz calls this your shadow. So think of like all your insecurities and kind of make them into a person. Imagine the shadow of yourself made up of all these insecurities, whether physical or maybe more like personality types, just everything in one. Everyone has this shadow and you will never ever eliminate that from your life. You will carry the shadow with you until the day you die. And I think it's as a result of the shadow we kind of look for approval and validation in other people. But unfortunately, I mean, I feel like this is quite well known by now. Unfortunately, no amount of external approval and validation will ever actually eliminate your shadow. People that get loads of, I don't know, Instagram likes, people that have number one hit singles, people that are the best actors and actresses in Hollywood and get so much approval and so much validation and you know the doctors that are top in their field and again get so much approval, so much validation. That external approval and validation, it's not getting rid of their insecurities. But in order to connect with people, form close bonds, also to be in like a state of flow and that state of flow can be in various things like there's no everyone has different ways that they get into their flow but basically to do all of these things you need to not live without your shadow because that's going against what I just said that everyone always has a shadow but you basically need to like bond with your shadow accept that it's never gonna go accept these insecurities envision this person envision the shadow talk to them and respect them like they're a person worthy of love because they are Sorry, that sounds really woo-woo. I don't mean that an imaginary person is worthy of love. What I mean is that (laughs) all these characteristics that you are putting as your shadow and that are your insecurities, they might be like from when you were, say, 
13 and got bullied in school and that 13 year old that got bullied in school was just as worthy of love and of friendships and of everything in life just as much as you are now I think like if you can form this bond I guess with this personified shadow this personified version of your insecurities then when you speak to people you're not going to be thinking oh are they perceiving me this way or I wonder if they think my nose is big I wonder if they can see my acne I wonder if I'm coming across as shy I wonder if I'm coming across as bigoted you're not going to be thinking all these things because you're kind of you're accepting that you have this shadow and you're bonding with it and you're kind of speaking as one and giving oh my god am I like am I do I sound crazy am I wording this wrong anyway he says this is good for like if you have a fear of public speaking or even if you just have a fear of like if if you feel like you're not very good at like making connections with people Stutt says you can kind of use this tool to bond with your shadow and let go of your insecurities and speak like from the heart I guess like the the way little kids do the way kids do when they don't think about you know when before they've hit an age where they start to think about things too much and they start to develop insecurities and they just live from the heart and they speak from the heart that's kind of like the aim of bonding with your shadow the fourth tool is called the grateful flow and it's actually quite similar to what I was talking about with my recommendation of the week and my little gratitude walk. We have such an ability to kind of see everything as life or death, see everything as a big problem in our life, fixate on little things that don't need to be big things but we make them big things. And we worry incessantly about things. And we, Stutt says we basically create this black cloud above us that doesn't allow the sun to shine through. We get overwhelmed by absolutely everything. But if you take a step back, right, and you actually think about how life or the world or the source or God does have our best interests at hearts a lot of the time, you know, by providing the oxygen we need to breathe, by having like a body that functions in the way it exactly needs to function to allow us to live, by providing the earth with all the natural resources, like we can literally grow all of our own food and resources and water. Like when you actually deep it, it's mad. (laughs) Not to get all deep on here, but I think we forget that all of these things are working to allow us to live. And once you realise this and how infinite that really is like I know I've named a few kind of big things there but it kind of stretches across to literally everything down to like the last little cell in our body that is I don't know allowing us to get the nutrients into our brain do you know what I mean like there are so many different little things that are working in our favor Stutz calls it the source but as I said you could say it's God you could say it's mother nature. I don't know, whatever you want to call it. I'm going to call it the source because that's what Stutz calls it. But he says that the source is supporting you every moment from the day you're born until the day you die. And maybe you listen to that and you don't think anything of it and you just think, yeah, whatever. (laughs) She's talking a lot of shite. Or you can listen to what I just said and you can be really grateful for it. And if you decide you're going to be that person that's really grateful for it, 
you're kind of giving yourself a whole new reality where you're grateful for everything that the source gives you in your life. Write down to all the tiny things we take for granted and a way of initiating this feeling is by just expressing gratitude and gratefulness at any time of the day. Good times to do it are in the morning and at night because starts your day off right and ends your day off right. You can actually just do it in your head. Like I said, when I was going for the walk, you could write it down in a little journal. You could write it down on your phone notes. And a good, really good way of doing it is pick, let's say you're going to do three in morning, three at night, or maybe you're going to do five in the afternoon. I don't know, whatever way you want to do it, whatever way works for you. You want to think of a different, say, three things every single time, no matter how mundane, no matter how minuscule. Practicing expressing gratitude like this will not only mean that you'll give yourself a whole new kind of perception or perspective. It'll also mean you genuinely start to, without even looking for it, because at the start you'll be looking for things to be grateful for. When you're getting into the habit, you'll be looking around you, trying to remember things that you did that day, trying to think of these things to be grateful for. But as you go on and as you get used to changing it up every day and thinking of all these different little things, It trains you to just be grateful in everything that you do and to find gratitude in everything that you do. And it gives you this whole different perspective of life of having this like infinite amount of gratitude for the source and all that it gives to you, essentially. This is one of those things as well where I feel like loads of people hear it and they do think it is really woo-woo. I feel like I keep saying that word. I love like finding a word and then just saying it loads of times in the podcast I hate it because when I'm editing it back I'm like stop saying the same phrase over and over again but it is one of those things people often turn their nose up at and think it's like a really spiritual practice that is a load of shite essentially but there's actually a lot of research in it and the the proof's in the pudding shall we say and it's mad that something so simple can be so effective so if you're one of those people that's turned your nose up at it and that maybe is listening to me thinking I sound like a crazy person, I really encourage you to try it. I mean, it's not going to do any harm, is it? It could only be a positive thing. So give it a go. The final tool I'm actually not going to get into because it's just, basically he rounded it off with the final tool being the tool of like using willpower or he, I think he calls it jeopardy because he says, you know, you can have all these tools, but a lot of the time what people will, what he finds his patients do is they use all these tools that he said, they go away, do them, their life improves, they see significant differences and then they stop using them because they've seen a difference and they think they no longer have to do these things. But if you want to always benefit from these things, you obviously have to keep going with them. So the whole last chapter of the book is him expressing how important it is to use willpower in your life. He actually had a really funny sentence. I think I put it on my Instagram story, but I'll read it out to you now because I related very much to it. Basically, he was talking about how we're all like, living in a capitalist society, we're all just consumers of things. Even to the point now that we think we can consume spirituality, which obviously you cannot do. Spirituality is something you have to work at. And as he says, like use willpower to continue to work at. 
And he said, trying to consume spirituality is like buying multiple GPS systems for your car and not learning to use any of them. Yeah, heavily related to that. I thought, how many books have I read about this in the last year? And am I putting any of them to practice? I mean, maybe to a certain degree. I don't know. Maybe I'm just buying this as GPSs from my car and not actually using them. (laughs) At least I'm talking about them in a podcast and relaying the information to you guys. Anyway, I'm going to leave it there for this week's episode. I hope you guys enjoyed it. Make sure to vote on this week's poll. Big shout out to George Gill for my intro and outro music. I will leave his links in the description and also to Molly Ray for my gorgeous podcast cover art. As always, thank you guys so, so much for your continued love and support. I love you a lot and I will speak to you in next week's episode. Bye.